The following podcast is brought to you by Marks with Mics. I have no problem calling people Marks. No, no, he's thinking, don't tell me! Mark. Don't tell me! Mamma mia! Mamma mia! Are you kidding me? Mark is. Welcome to the Marks with Mike's podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Six Foot Nine, the homeboy, Doug Douglas, and Dre, the Juice Man. Another episode of Marks with Mike's. I am your host, Mr. Six Foot Nine, joined inside the house once again by the homeboy, Doug Douglas. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Man, nothing much celebrating uh, today's Juneteenth, as well as uh, celebrating life, man. You definitely got to be appreciative of life. Some sad, sad news uh, coming out today. I don't know if you all were on Twitter, or should I say coming out Wednesday, because you all listening to this on Thursday. But I don't know if you all were on Twitter or not, and I don't know if you heard the story. But uh, unfortunately... uh, Adrian Lionheart McCullum um, passed away today. Um, I don't know how. It is uh, definitely underneath investigation right now. But I know this does leave a huge void inside the wrestling community. A huge void for ICW. Um, And just uh, his family and and friends. uh, My heart and heartfelt Condolences go out to his family and friends. Very sad news to start off the show. I don't know if you all ever got a chance to see him work. I, you know, actually went back and watched a couple of his matches actually last night while um, while actually finishing some homework for my criminal justice class. But uh, definitely a rain general and um, definitely the the face of that division. Uh, he was. Very young. Uh, did not get the chance to hit 40. So, once again, uh, my condolences to his family. It's very sad. Yeah, at, uh, 36 years old is uh, way too young. And, you know, he had a, a pretty uh, dark in the context of what the situation brought out kind of tweet that he had. So, uh, looking like it's, uh, you know. Him taking his own life, but, uh, you know, uh, not going to speculate on that. It's not confirmed. You know, the the family's asking for privacy, all that kind of stuff. So just just heartbreaking when you lose another wrestler. It's just one of these industries that there's just way too many people gone way too soon. Definitely agreed. Um, but to pick up the pace of the show, um, we had some eventful weekends, you and I. Um, I made it out to day one of the JLIT tournament, and you were out at ASWA's event out there in Mansfield, Ohio. And I just want to make sure you showed up on the right date. You showed up on June 15th, not June, June 25th, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, after uh, Madman Fulton corrected me, uh, I got it, got it right. I, I fixed my calendar. So you, you got to tell me about your your experience, man. Like, how was it? Because I, I I know you were working, you were you know taking photos for for tales of wrestling and, and tales of turrets and 
Um, how was your experience there? Yeah, man, it was uh, another great show. And we uh, pull up the card here so we don't uh, miss anything that uh, happened throughout the, the night. But uh, a couple friends of the show, Espiritu Maya, was on the card. Uh, unfortunately, he did not come up victorious in his uh, Universal Title Contender match uh, against Buzzsaw Shaw. Uh, Buzzsaw Shaw um, will be facing. Um, the redneck kid, Robbie Collins, at the next event, which, if I'm not mistaken, here we go messing up dates again, uh, is August 3rd. Uh, same place, Mansfield, Ohio, down at um, the Sherman School Gymnasium. Um, but, yeah, uh, Robbie Collins defended in his first um, title defense after getting the belt from Ethan Wright. Ethan Wright actually sent the status symbols to the back to fight the match on his own. And he did not come up uh, with the win. And after the match, the status symbols actually came out and beat down Ethan Wright. Uh, and then Robbie Collins came to his defense, cleared all those boys out of there, went to shake Ethan Wright's hand, but he's not quite there yet. He appreciated the help, but not enough to shake the man's hand. Uh, we also had uh, Jimmy Hendrix experience uh, retain in their first title defense. And then, uh, <laughs> A really cool match with uh, Madman Fulton and Titus Dynamite. You know, definitely a mismatch on uh, the tail of the tape as far as, you know, height, weight, everything. Uh, Titus Dynamite was the true David in the David-Goliath battle. And, man, I missed a hell of a picture opportunity because I was just so blown away by the fact that it was even happening. Uh, But Titus at one point had uh, Madman Fulton up in the, the fireman's carry. So, dude, he's probably like a buck sixty, just hoisting up Madman Fulton. So that was mighty impressive. I didn't even get a picture, like I said, because it was it was just so cool to see. But um, yeah, Robbie Collins and Ethan Wright in their match that that was probably the match of the night as far as crowd reaction goes. A lot of Robbie Collins fans down in Mansfield uh, for their hometown guy, and then in the Extreme Rules match that was the uh, the main event. I'll have some really cool pictures from that coming up soon. Uh, a bloody mess. JJ Deville calling out Mr. Insanity did not come up victorious, was bloodied. Madman Fulton carried him out of the place. Uh, but uh, yeah, Mr. Insanity comes out of retirement and, and comes up victorious in the main event. So yeah, really good card top to bottom. I'll have pictures from all the events except for the first one, which was uh, Shaw and Maya. Uh, and I already got a chance to apologize to Maya because. <laughs> He was already looking for an old RSW picture that I might have had, and I did not have it, and I missed his match because it was fucking torrential downpour on the way down there. It was just an hour of straight getting rained on. Uh, So I did not get there uh, on time. I was about 10 minutes late, and by the time I got my camera all ready, it was already done. So shout out to Maya. I will get you, sir. I owe you a good picture. And, uh, man, he caught a, a nasty bump, too, in the match. Uh, he had his um, nose taped up, so hopefully everything's okay with him and he's all rested up. But, uh, yeah, hell of a show. August 3rd for the next one. Uh, how did uh, Jalik go? I saw a lot of good things from uh, a man that uh, draws resemblance to a certain Christ-like figure. That's right. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about hardcore Jesus himself, Matthew Justice, coming out the winner of this Jaylis uh, tournament. He is the winner of the tournament, and we hope to see him cash in for that all 
the AIW absolute title. I I would love to see it. Uh, he's definitely a, a staple there, and he is so over no matter where he goes. I mean, you could you could talk about all the crazy spots that we've seen over this past year with Matthew Justice, but in in the ring, he is a great wrestler. He he's not just a spot wrestler; he's a ring general and. Definitely kudos to him for winning this tournament. Uh, I was so upset that I was not able to actually see that happen because, of course, I had to work my actual shoot job there. But, unfortunate, uh, I didn't get to see it. I I was able to attend night one. I got to see an old friend of mine, Kid Cash, in side action. And uh, it was was definitely a very paced match. Uh, Him and Lou was... uh, him and Lewis Linden, and from there, um, I got to see MJF come down to the ring versus Savio Vega. And uh, during during that match, the crowd was actually chanting NX Twan, NX Twan. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Big Twan. He will be making his appearance on an upcoming episode of NXT. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, but the crowd was chanting that, and uh, he was more over than MJF. And after the match, MJF let off a loogie in Twan's face that made the that made the the I guess I guess you could say the crazy side of me wanted to hop in the ring and kind of close on you know for that you know spitting is the ultimate offense to anybody yeah. you know I mean once you once you spit them you like someone has to go. Like it, someone, someone cannot walk away from this battle. <laughs> what a heel! That motherfucker. He's he's man. <laughs> MJF. MJF is he's definitely over. He's worth he's worth every penny that he's getting paid in AEW. So, you know, shout out to MJF. He never breaks character. I don't know if you all had the chance to talk to him after the show, but. He's MJF 24-7. But moving on from that, uh, this past Monday's Raw, for the first time in a long time, was actually pretty damn good. Uh, Let's talk about that right now. What were your takeaways from that show? I just really like the pacing, first of all. Um, it, It felt like a live environment. Um, whether it was because of the, the storyline had Seth Rollins on a rampage um, and they had an, an opportunity to have people, you know, uh, vying to, to be the special guest referee in that match. Um, it just got a lot of extra people, uh, an opportunity to get some screen time. It really felt like they were using the roster. Um, they were using their bench. They were using their stars. Um Still probably had opportunity to get some some more people in, uh, I think, uh, especially once you start looking at uh, SmackDown as far as who was used um, over the two nights. But, um, you know, uh, we, we got a, a chance to see the, the Viking Raiders. Um, we got a chance to see Eric Young over the couple days there. We got a chance to see uh, EC3 get some <laughs> some screen time. Uh, you know, we were talking about that beforehand. I, I hope that's one of the things that'll kind of um, get some sympathy built up for EC3 um, because I have a feeling that 
they play that card way too frequently and i just have a feeling that that's what they do they they throw people out there for a moment and best case scenario the crowd is sympathetic for them and they get over because of the bit or worst case scenario they got a good segment out of it and that guy just is as over as he was before he came out and didn't do anything so Hopefully we get a little bit more EC3. It's still a far cry from, you know, the suit wearing, you know, I mean, they showed that vignette of him, like, you know, taking off his cufflinks and shit and all that stuff for God knows, like six, five, six weeks in a row. And then he just debuts as more or less a goofball after Dean and Dean Ambrose smoked him with that. Whereas EC one and two line. And then they had that bad match. I main event. And, you know, so, Got to get EC3 back on the right track. Hopefully that's uh, a, a sign. And, you know, they've been using him in the 24-7 uh, picture. And so ho- hopefully they're they're just trying to figure out something for him as they bounce him around because uh, they're still using him. So that that's good. I mean, you, uh, as long as you're not in catering. Um, so, but yeah, I, they, we had some strong matches. I didn't feel like any promos went on too long. They played with some production things that were really cool on some of the promos. We got probably one of the the better uh, Firefly Funhouses, and you know it seems like it's going to be pretty soon when we see him actually re-debut in the the actual ring. So I mean, yeah, lots of stuff that uh, seems to be going on, which is what you want out of a three-hour show. You don't want to feel like you only got an hour worth of stuff out of a three-hour worth of your time. I feel like you actually got three hours worth this week. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on, on those points, man. Uh, the show itself just felt it felt like an old Monday Night Raw, not so much a 1995-96 Monday Night Raw. The, the Monday Night Raws of In Your House and like th- that's the, that's the type of vibe that that I'm getting right now from the WWE, far as a product. Uh, it it reminds me of the the new generation era, which definitely suffered uh, when it first started. It definitely suffered. Uh, you were you were transitioning on from Hogan and um, trying to create stars. I mean, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash was the champion for over a year. It is nothing against not knocking Kevin Nash, but that's that's just showing you like uh, you know the the small venues, the the half the half filled arenas. Like that's what they're going through right now. I looked at some pictures from this past Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, and there was not a lot of seats filled, unfortunately. But you know, hoping these tickets actually sell. Stomping Grounds is this Sunday and ticket sales for that doesn't look good right now, but hopefully this is a turnaround. Hopefully this event will be a wake up call uh, for, for them far as going forth and creative, but not to get too much away from the point. uh, Raw was a lot better and it felt more like in ruthless aggression slash attitude era type of episode. Seth Rollins immediately came into the ring, cut off that Elias song uh well elias he was getting ready saying so he cut him off from that and immediately this guy goes on a rampage just hitting everyone with a chair that you mentioned that got some airtime and unfortunately yeah ec3 is taking uh the worst of it uh 
TDE Wrestling actually tweeted out a gif of uh, EC3 on the stage, and EC3 actually retweeted that every time that you laugh. I feel a little empty inside or something of that nature. I mean, it's not the exact quote, but I just know. think that's him playing along. You know, I just it just felt like a like a like a good show. Like 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 it just from from top to bottom it did. But real quick with Stomping Ground, don't you feel like that the one of the main things that people aren't really bringing up is how shittily they marketed this show to begin with? I mean. They just started mentioning Stomping Ground two weeks before the pay-per-view on their actual programming. They were so dead set on pushing the Saudi Arabian event that they completely glossed over the fact that two weeks after that, they had to put butts in the seats in a different city. And I think they did a a really good job of trying to put together a Raw and a SmackDown that could sell a a few last-minute tickets for some people that were waffling a little bit. And I have a feeling it's actually going to be a really good show, kind of like we were all about ready to shit on Great Balls of Fire last year and or the year before, whatever it was, and it turned out to be a good show. So, I don't know. I have a feeling that that they know that they – kind of screwed it up and they're going to try to reward the people who actually went and make the people who didn't buy tickets feel a little silly that they missed it. So hopefully they do that. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely with that right now. Um, but hopefully, hopefully this event does actually sell some tickets because that cameraman in productions, they're going to have to just, uh, stay focused on one side of the ring if, if that's the case because it's just not looking good right now and don't get me wrong even, even if it doesn't sell a lot it's not like the WWE is losing money like the WWE can buy the tickets them damn selves and still make money off it like you know and give the tickets away they wouldn't be losing money it's just the fact that they're resorting to those links if they go that route it reminds me when WCW was kind of uh going through that down period but i don't want to get too caught up on this i wish the best for stumping ground i also wish the best hopefully we end up with a nice feud here between ricochet and samoa joe who knows yeah yeah that should be uh i i hope it's not a definitive match uh i'd like to keep a rivalry together there somehow maybe have joe have to cheat to win you know, we don't see enough heels cheat to win anymore. Um, you know, especially that they got rid of the automatic rematch and shit like that, build in, you know, some sort of, you know, heel tactics for a win so that we have a reason for the next rematch, something like that. So, and they got to make Ricochet look strong. Um, but yeah, should be a couple good matches on that. Card. Yeah, but with that being said, we're going to take a quick commercial break. The next voice that you hear will be of Power Slam TV. Make sure you use our promo code MWM4LIFE to get one month free. That's right, one month free on us at Power Slam TV. Make sure you log on to your laptop or desktop to access that free month and go from there. You'll see tons of promotions on there such as IPW, Three Count Wrestling, and also Smash Wrestling, and not to even mention Defy Wrestling, which has some of your 
indie favorites right now, including Effie, Gymnasty Boys. And you'll also see matches for, for current NXT UK superstar, Walter. Go ahead, subscribe right now, get our promo code, get 113 on us, and download PowerSlam TV. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make sure you do go ahead and use our promo code to get one month free. That's right, one month free on Power Slam TV. But we are back, and as promised, you've seen it on Twitter. And right now, we are here with the man of the hour right now, the new RSW heavyweight champion and leader of year zero, Mr. TJ Phillips. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem at all, man. So uh, definitely just want to say congratulations over your win this past weekend. Uh, and I can't say anything about it, man. This was a very clean win. Year Zero did not interfere. You held your own. And Andrew Palace is no longer the RSW heavyweight champion. You see, it's exactly as I told everybody it was going to be. It was exactly how I promised it. I didn't cheat. I didn't steal a title. I did it how it needed to be done, proving to the world once again that everything I've told you is the truth. I'm not a liar, and I am better than Andrew Palace. As I proved, I beat him one, two, three. And, yes, that makes me your champion. Speaking of being the champion, you already have some title defenses already coming up at the end of this month. Yes, sir, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm more than ready for everybody. You know, Tim's gone out of his way to try to be sneaky and get this belt right back off of me just because I know it hurts. Him. And that's fine and dandy. You know, you can shop through my family members like he did when we wrestled in Fairmont. But now he's shopping through my trainees. Come on, going out and finding my very first trainee to think that's going to slow me down on July 4th. Get real. Now, before we get too ahead of ourselves, man, we got to hear the backstory. We got to know about who is TJ Phillips. When, when did TJ Phillips know that this is what he wanted to do with his life? Well... I guess it kind of really started when I was eight years old and I saw the uh, British Bulldogs win the title at uh, WrestleMania two. It was something that really, 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 really interested me. I thought it was really cool. But then like later on in high school, I'd went to an indie show and uh, watching it with my friends. I looked over my buddy and said, hey, man, you know what? Uh, I could do better. And he told me, in all dead sincerity, why don't you shut up and prove it then? So I have. Now, that was 1999. 
So in '99, you started training. Where where did you train? I was really, really super lucky and was on a show with a former WCW job guy named Scotty McKeever, who was trained by George South. And he took a liking to me right off the bat and said, hey, man, you want to come stay with me for a while? And I said, yeah, I would. And I, I went and I traveled with him and George and basically on the job training 24-7, seven days a week. Now, talking about starting off and definitely starting off to a good start, um, how was your experience doing your first bump? And everyone says the first bump is the roughest bump. How, how was it for you? It didn't bother me. I come from an amateur background. I come from a family where every male in it, and there's a, it's a large family, we're amateur wrestlers. I grew up on a wrestling mat. So, so honestly, it didn't bother me at all to take a bump. Took my first bump, neck was hurting a little bit, but, you know, with that being said, I didn't tuck my chin right. But with that being said, moving on from your first experience of training, let's talk about your first match. How was your first match? How green were you? Um, I trained for a year solid before I was ever allowed in front of a uh, crowd of people, and I tend to agree with that and my trainees don't get out until they've been training for a year at least um i was ready i was prepared but not as prepared as what i should have been it was nerve-wracking like you know and still even now i'll find a match here and again that you know gets under my skin a little bit and i start thinking about it a lot but that time it was really nerve-wracking because it's one of those things where you don't want to go out and make yourself look like an idiot and that was my biggest fear because i grew up Everybody telling me, no, it's not going to happen. You can't do it. You're too little. You're too this. You're too that. And to me, it was all about I'm going to prove the world wrong. So I really wanted to go out and, you know, give it my all. And my first match was a singles match. It was a curtain jerker of a show in a mall in Fairmont. And then I come back in the sixth man in the main event. Now... During you said you said during your training, you trained for a year. What was your roughest experience doing training? What what, what was the hardest thing that you had to learn as far as uh, training uh, inside the ring? Because I do know that, you know, some things are easier to catch on than others. So what what for you was the tough part about training? The hardest part about training for me was the repetition of it. Just bump, 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 nonstop until you're, you're really, you feel like you're down there. It was hard. And it, it, it more honestly than the physical stuff, it's, it's more mental. That was hard. It's pushing yourself and not wanting to quit on yourself. You know, anybody, if anybody could do this, everybody would do it. It takes a, a select few to be able to get out there and take that kind of beating and, and everybody really coming down on you really hard and being able to mentally stay with it, and not quit on yourself. That's really what I think is the hardest part about wrestling in general. Yeah, you, you definitely have to have a strong mind to, to definitely do this. Uh, this. This is not for the faint of heart. Uh, not at all. 
and that that's what any type of sport, uh, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, track, uh, you have to be willing to go that extra mile mentally and physically. Uh, so you move on from, of course, your first match, your nerves is wrecking. Uh, what, what would you say was your defining match that let you know that, okay, this is what I'm meant to do? Um, probably the first time I wrestled with Scotty in front of like five, 600 people, uh, and just hearing a crowd, the way we were making them react that that's when I knew, yeah, man, maybe I should be doing this. This is what I should be doing. So from there, from that match, what, what would you say was one of the matches that you wish you could have redone again? If you could just start back over, turn back the hands of time, this match can go the way I wanted to. This was an outcome that I planned, but if I can go back in time and redo this match, what match would it be? Well, there's probably a few like that, honestly. Anytime something goes to shit on you and, and becomes real wonky or something, uh, I would love to go back and you know magically erase all of that and redo it. And and there's been times like there there's been a couple of TV matches I've done and things where a guy's you know really not shouldn't be in the ring with you, shouldn't be wrestling matches yet, and you and you're in there with them and it all goes. To, to hell and the only thing you can really do is hand the kid his ass and I don't like doing that yeah I mean unfortunately some, sometimes you do have to just put people on the spot sometime in order to bring it out of them I mean hell if William Regal can do it to Goldberg why can't you do it to someone else but that's another story <clears throat> speaking of stories Let's tell the story of how this year zero actually came into formation. How did RSW, first of all, come into formation? Well, I mean, there's a lot of history there. I was running, I was booking a uh, company in Southern West Virginia that was working as a feeder fed for another company. And I asked Tim Cross, uh, who was my best friend at the time, uh, if he would mind, he was running a web page called Real Shoot Wrestling. And if he would mind, if I would call one of our shows, you know, Real Shoot Wrestling, just to see if, you know, maybe some people want to come out and see it, you know, cater it toward the real shooters online and stuff like that, just to see if, you know, as more or less as a treat for the people on that page. And they showed up and they wanted to see more. So we kept giving it to them. And then, a couple of months down the road, uh, it just become real shoot wrestling. That's what it was. And that's what the company was. And me and Tim were doing great. And, uh, I had a little run in with Carter Lasick about a year ago, a, a little bump. And it resulted in Tim throwing a fireball in my face and injuring my left eye for a few months. And, it ended up slowly leading to me having to take some time off to the point where I thought I was retiring. And, uh, I walked away for about six months and I just watched 
more and more and more of the same old, same old happening over and over and over and over at Real Shoot. And I saw my chance to pull the trigger on every single person that has ever done me wrong. And I took it. And that was in the spring of this year. And the reason I took it was because I, I, I come forward. I come out in front of all the real shooters. I told them all that, you know, I, I, I made them see the uh, injustice, injustices that are inherent in real shoot. And nobody wanted to listen. So I felt it was my time to make everyone listen. So I've spent the spring lighting real shoot on fire and burning it to the ground. And when I was done doing that, after all of that, and opening up, opening up all the eyes across the internet, all the real shooters, everybody screaming it loud enough, everybody that could hear would listen. And then I did exactly what I said I would do. I proved I was the best. I beat your champion one, two, three in the center of the ring without cheating. Without so much as throwing one single punch, I pinned him. There's nothing more that needs to be said about that. I'm the best. I've proven it. I'm not lying to these people. I don't lie to people. I'm, on, I'm an honest person. Yeah, sometimes you could say some of the things I do are a little intense or aggressive or even underhanded, but I don't lie. Yeah, I, we we could definitely say aggressive. Like I don't know, knocking over my set the last time you were down here in Mulberries. Got your attention, didn't it? You can oh, keep man. this belt, cause it's not about belt. You shut your fucking mouth. This is our show, TJ. Got your attention, didn't it? Yeah, it definitely got my attention. I I just hope that uh. We have a clear understanding that that's not to ever to happen again. Well, you see, I have a clear understanding of I do as I will. So we can't say it'll happen again. I can't say it won't happen again. It's really one of those things where the winds of change, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell where it'll blow me at this point. All right, all right, all right, guys. All right, all right. So, so what's next? What in as we go forward as you with the champion? Uh, you know, what what's RSW under your regime? What what's what's this? What's the landscape look like? What, what should we expect? Well, I mean, you can expect uh, a fairness and, and and eternal happiness for everyone that works here, views this product, any of it, because. My rule number one, and everyone that has been following me from the beginning has heard it time and time again. Do what you will. Make yourself happy. So I'm going to make myself happy. That's what you're going to see. And what's going to make me happy, you're wondering right now? Making Tim's life miserable. Beating on his heroes. Making his guys look like the piles of garbage beneath my feet that they really are. That's what's ahead for Real Shoot Wrestling. Lessons to be learned in a new RSW built fairly in my image is what you have to look forward to. Did you not watch the match? At which point did I need to pull anything? I didn't pull a thing. I didn't pull a punch. I didn't pull a kick. I didn't pull anything. I just beat him. 
So you are coming at me awful strong, assuming that I'm here to cheat. I'm not here to cheat. I'm better than your best. I've proven it. That's why I have your belt. You may have that belt, but we will not allow you to use the rest of your zero if you feel like you're not going to pull through. That's just not going to happen. I really don't see a way of anybody stopping me from doing whatever I wanted. I mean, if you could have stopped me, wouldn't you have done that in the spring when I was lighting, you know, your boss on fire or your ring announcer on fire or dumping gasoline all over the referees or beating on people at random just because I feel like it. You see, that's the thing. Everybody feels they're empowered, but no one has any power. No one. That's the trick. I understand this and I know how to work within that system. It's not my fault that you all have yet to figure that out. The only thing that needs to be said at the end of the day is come July 13th here in Cleveland, Ohio, whoever you are facing, just know that that match will go right down the middle. And if I see BS, I'm going to call BS. You can call what you want. You're not an official. You're not going to get in the ring and stop it. You don't didn't stop me from tearing down your stuff. I, you're free to say and do as you please. Just like I said, do what you will. You want to call BS. You want to call shenanigans. You not want to like me. You want to like me. doesn't matter to me one way or the other. What matters to me is I make Tim pay for his sins. And that is what I'm doing. You can make him pay for his sins just as long as it does not disrupt RSW. That's the problem. RSW's gone. I explained that to you. I burnt that to ashes. I'm rebuilding now. So you guys should get on board the train and learn how to make this a utopian society that all of us can enjoy. There's no reason for anyone to be left behind on this. None at all. We all can get along. You just have to understand the truth of the matter. And that's real simple. I was screwed over. I was treated wrong. I was treated un unfairly. I was treated poorly. I was injured. No one cared. I'm making everyone care now. We wasted your internet champ. We wasted your heavyweight champ. We made your women's champion see the light and join up uh your tag champs ron and bruce they got lucky they got past the devils and snuck out with some belts this time your real shoots time's over the time for worrying about the fans and what they care about and what they want to see that's over real shoot used to be about the real shooter now real shoot is about year zero speaking of ruthless lala Looks like uh, your women's champion, your new person joining year zero, is out of the title because she can't keep her hands off officials. Do you, who do you think told her to do it? Do you think we were really concerned about suspensions? Do you really think I can't open a back door and let Lala in to do whatever she wants to whomever she wants? Are you going to stop her? I'm not even going to attempt to stop her. I'm just going to open the door and let her be as ruthless as she would want to be. Just because you're suspended, that just means she's not going to get paid to wrestle. We're not here to wrestle anymore. We're here to hurt people. You don't need paperwork to hurt people. You just do it. What can we expect July 13th 
from you in your match? It's simple. It's the same thing you should expect all the time. Violence, brutality, and a victory in my name. At the end of the night, I'm going to get my hand raised. I'm going to get your belt handed back to me. And I'm going to hold it up and laugh at all of you because there's not a man, a woman, a child in the world that can stop me from getting my revenge now. It's already too late. It's already too far gone. You've already stepped in. We've already begun year zero. And each and every one of you are a part of it, whether you want to be or not. I cannot wait to July 13th. I cannot wait to see what you do this coming card. Personally, I'm rooting for you. I want you to walk out the champion, but I want you to walk out clean the same way you walked out clean on Andrew Palace. I have nothing else I need to do. I've beaten your best. I mean, why do I need to cheat after that? It comes a time where a man would do what he has to do to make sure the job gets done. And that's a quote from my father. Well, it sounds like a wise man. Right. He's a very wise man. Very wise man. I learned a lot from Speaking of fathers, I have to wish you a happy belated Father's Day as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that greatly. We had a good time uh, watching television and hanging out with the boys. It was a good day. I mean, I, I know that, that it, it's definitely good, uh, the chance when you get to spend with the family and just on a holiday like that where, you know, the children and the wife show how much they care about you just does something to you in the inside. So shout out to all the fathers out there that enjoyed themselves this past Father's Day. I really hope that you all did um, and get the chance to spend it with the family and definitely received all the love that you were receiving that day. Thank every day is Father's Day, just like every day is Mother's Day, in my personal opinion. I agree. I agree 100%. So I have to know between you and Tim Cross, where is this going to end as far as this feud? Because you all have been in the ground. One of us in the ground. And I don't plan on it being me. But I, I mean, I easily, I've proven. I videotaped me breaking in his house and following him around. I could take him at any time I want, and he knows that. But it's not about just coming straight out. It's about the fear of knowing it can happen at any moment. That's what it's about for me. But, yeah, the end game, he's going to be in the ground. Man, you really like to mess with people's heads, don't you? I like to win. If you control the head, you control the body. Exactly. Sounds like exactly. it's gone beyond winning at this point. I mean, it just this is a vendetta. It depends on what game you're trying to win. You see, I'm trying to win at life. I'm not trying to win at belts. I've already done that, haven't I? I'm trying to win at life, and there's only one way to win like this. It's blood for blood. Eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Eventually, it's going to build to the point where there's only going to be one of us. And I don't plan on going anywhere. I haven't gone anywhere in 20 years. Why would I go anywhere now? So I have to know. You have to tell us a story of one of your craziest moments during the show. I was wrestling Ricky Morton one time in, uh, I think it was in southern West Virginia. It might have been Kentucky. And we were wrestling, and in the middle of the match, a little girl in the third row ended up having a seizure. Well, just like, you know, the Hall of Fame superstar that he is, he jumped right out of the ring, dove over the railing and went, and, you know, took care of this little girl until 
EMTs showed up to come help her. Crazy. Well, that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And then one night, uh, completely different situation. I ended up cutting my finger real bad and uh, started blacking out and thought I was going to bleed to death and come within 22 minutes of dying. So there was that or the time I broke my leg in a ladder match and then wrestled for 25 more minutes climbing up and down a ladder. You know, the crazy stuff happens every time you step through the ropes, the more I think about it, honestly. Now, that is some crazy moments. Man, damn, dude, you you climbed the ladder 25 minutes with the broken yeah. leg? Yeah, then I drove home like four and a half hours in a stick shift car instead of going to the hospital and laid down in my living room floor, woke up the next day and my leg was black from the knee down. And that's when I decided, yeah, I better go to the hospital. I mean, I would have known I had to go to the hospital right after I felt my leg, you know, breaking. I'm just saying. But uh, shit, you're, you're definitely tougher than me. <laughs> I didn't even realize I had broken it. I just knew it hurt real bad. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't normal. This isn't right, but I'm still walking. So it's clearly not snapped clean in half. Well, it was, I just had those boots on tied to, so tight that when the swelling hit, it wasn't bending. So I just walked around on it. Like it was nothing, you know, you're out there, you're in front of some people, you know, you're there to do a job. You, you just do it. You just go, you work through it. I mean, I've worked, hurt lots and lots of times when i broke my leg that time i was supposed to be off it for six to eight weeks or something like that i lasted two before i was electrical taping it uh i, I left the cast on for three days cut it off the morning of the third day electrical taped it was wrestling that weekend i just no you're, you're never hurt so bad you can't go i don't think unless you're dead You tell it to Sid just after he broke his leg in WCW. Well, that's a little different. That was bending and flopping too, right? You're almost dead at that point. That's that 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 feeds right to my point. <laughs> yeah, man. As soon as as soon as you said you broke your leg inside of a ladder match, instantly my mind went to Sid Sid Justice in WCW. Like, it's oh yeah, that disgusting. That freaked me out as a kid. You know, at that at that point, I, I knew wrestling was what wrestling was. But when I seen that, that was my moment to go back to my friends at school and say, I told you it was real. I told you this shit was real. Did you not see his leg break oh, yeah. and snap in half? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it, it grosses me out as an adult seeing it, but not as bad as watching Jushin Liger do like a baseball slide underneath the guy and break his leg doing it and then try to stand up. And it was all gushy and bendy like that. It was gross. Or, you know, that definitely reminds me of the time when Joey Mercury caught the ladder to the nose. That was... Uh, oh, that yeah. Was... His face exploded. And his face never looked the same again. No, I mean, how could it? I mean, it literally just... That ladder ripped it off. It was gross. Doug, do do you remember that moment when the ladder hit Joey Mercury's face? Like, what was your reaction? It was fucking gnarly. It was just gushing everywhere. I mean, you don't you don't see that stuff like that like that much anymore. 
Last thing I could think of like that was uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor in NXT where they kept trying to stop the match. And just Joe just kept gushing everywhere. But yeah, I mean, dude, I, ugh. I'm glad I didn't eat dinner yet. <laughs> I just did. I had tacos. Just, I got to know one thing. When TJ Phillips is inside the gym, what is TJ Phillips listening to? Uh, same thing he's listening to outside the gym, old school punk rock, you know, from the 70s and early 80s. No different. All right. So give me so give me some of those groups from that era that you're bumping. Misfits, Ramon, Social D, uh, Suicidal Tendencies, stuff like that. All right. All right. All right. Nice, nice little playlist there. Nice little playlist. Two more questions and I'm going to let you go. Number one, best ever professional wrestler of all time, excluding yourself. The Dynamite Kid, easy. He changed the business for, you know, changed it to what it is now. It was a totally different thing before him, and it's a totally different thing after him. Completely revolutionized everything. Last question. Name me the number one movie in your opinion that ever came out? That's a wonderful question. I'm a bit of a movie guy. So, uh, like I have some rules when it comes to movies. Like if it doesn't have the three B's in it, blood beasts and breasts, I'm not going to watch the thing. So for me, the movie that jumps to my head right off the bat that covers all three of those things in spades, Conan, the barbarian, one of the most manly movies ever. Damn, you went throwback. <laughs> you went throwback. You talking about uh, what? What was that? Ar- was that Arnold's first role? Yep, yep. That was Arnold's first movie ever. Damn, now that that's seriously throwback. Okay, I'll I'll give you that one. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, for for a guy like yourself, I I was more so thinking Pulp Fiction. Desperado, you know, some something along that deadline. There's something about, you know, just, you know, man and my, his own might that does something for me. You know what I mean? Just thinking, you know, that, that as a kid watching those movies, it's like that's the kind of guy I wanted to grow up to be. So it sticks out to me. You know, it's something that or any Godzilla movie for that matter, I'll sit and watch if it's on. How'd you like the new one? Absolutely loved it. I've gone and seen it four t- separate times now with different groups of people, and it honestly doesn't lose anything with each viewing. I absolutely adored it. and I can't wait for next year to see Godzilla Kong to see what they do with that because that sorely needed an update. Yeah, it, was, it was surprising seeing so many people bitch about, uh, you know, fucking – like the development of characters in a, a monster flick. I mean, that's you're not you're watching the wrong you're watching for the wrong reasons if you're looking for deep storylines in a fucking monster flick. Exactly. It's like, come on, dude. I didn't pay the movie to see you know humans anyway. I paid the movie to see giant monsters beat the shit out of each other. Come on, let's get real. And 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 for those of you that do watch those movies for the human aspect, it's there. It's there. There's plenty. There's more than enough there for you. But if you're like me, you go to those things for the roller coaster ride to see the, you know, the big high spots. And that movie has it in spades. I absolutely enjoyed it. I know my mother-in-law seen it, man. She's raving about it. 
She's like, oh, we 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 gotta go do a date. Uh, we should go out and go see the movie. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll get to. It. I definitely want to go see it. But this Friday, man, I'm in the movie theaters. I gotta see this remake of Child's Play and see what they did to it. Hopefully, they definitely went a totally different direction from these last couple of Child's Play movies that came out, which have been absolutely horrible. Well, it's a completely new reboot. You know, I follow that stuff. And instead of it just being a normal doll or whatever, it's got AI. We're in 2019. I guess I get that now. And everybody's stoked to hear Mark Hamill do Chucky's voice and all of that. But here's the thing. They're making that Child's Play movie. But next year, there's a series being made with all the original people being put on television. So what do you want to see more? Do you want to see a complete reboot? Or do you want to see, you know, what you know expunged upon some? So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I want to see. To be honest with you, I've only seen a little sneak peek of the new Child's Play, but who knows? You know, these reboots and remakes—they're really hit and miss, and it all really depends on people that you ask. Like some people absolutely thought. Pet Cemetery and it were great, and I was not a fan of either one. You didn't like it. No, dude, I really don't find it funny. I'm an old school horror fan, like like big, deep, uh, more grindhouse exploitation type of horror. I didn't like it because I don't think a clown standing in a safe distance waving at you is scary. I just it, it was just like okay. I like the original it. I like Tim Curry a lot. I was just like the. Eh. This one, it missed for me. I don't like reboots. You've already told the story. Put a part two at the end of that shit and tell a new story if that's what you want to do. Or how about this, Hollywood? And this is this this will blow their minds. Try being original. You know what I mean? Call it something completely else and make money honestly like they used to. Even create new characters and everything instead of, you know, ripping off another franchise. Create your own franchise. Even if you want to use something as inspiration every you know nothing's new in any genre wrestling see people use moves down throughout the generations just put a little something spin on it and sell it but not everyone's got to buy licensing and all this kind of shit but yeah uh with 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 netflix and shit like that too you've you've got a like you were saying you got a new medium to kind of explore these old characters if you want to really explore because now everyone's making you know these 10 episode mini movie series is like game of thrones whatever you know just more and more of that seems to be the the way that people are telling stories through tv now i think i think you're absolutely right on that i think streaming video is the wave of the future it's it's already hurting cable and it's going to eventually kill cable television and why wouldn't it hell if I want to watch Godzilla, I'm going to pick to watch Godzilla. And if I have that ability, like I have a Fire Stick and and Hulu and Amazon and Netflix and all that shit, I don't even play with cable. There's no reason to Fire Stick. I can watch anything I want. So why would why why with that kind of convenience, why would you ever even want to watch? You know what the cable company deems you should have to watch right now. I get it. Live sports, local news. That's about it. That's really all it is. You can get everything else through YouTube or Google or whatever the fuck else. It's if I didn't want to watch my local sports teams through there, I mean, no reason for cable that I could even think of. 
there, there isn't, and that's the beauty of it is if you look hard enough, you can find streams of your local sports teams too. They just don't want you to know all that. Well, you know, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> – I don't pay for any of that shit. <laughs> that's my point, see? I, and like I said, that, that'll be the end of cable. That'll probably – that it's already hurt. It's already internet's already killed print media. Okay, there's really no reason to fucking buy a book anymore when you can just get it unless you're like me and you like to have it in your hand, you know. But like, it's killed print media. It's moving into visual media, and soon it's going to just completely, you know, eradicate the fact that you need to leave your home to be entertained. And, I mean, that's a good thing. That's a bad thing. I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. I like going out to the movies. I like going. I used. I miss going to the video store. That's what I used to love doing as a kid. I grew up doing that. You know, you get to go to the video store and spend an hour and a half, and they're picking out just the right one and uh, talking to people or whatever. Getting it, it, it was never the right one. You know, that's why you had to go back. Or they there at the end, they had the gimmick where you'd, get like five of the movies for five days for five bucks or whatever. And then, you know, you, you just get some random shit, but you could still do that. People are like, you do that on Netflix. Yeah, you do. But it's not the same as, you know, seeing the box cover or things like, I don't know. It's something about being at the, that at doing that exact uh, thing that I miss. Yeah, man, I used to work at Hollywood video, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I used to go there on my day off and, Go hang over at the video game side and dick around and play Guitar Hero or just talk to people or whatever the fuck. Just it was a place for people that wanted to, you know, were movie buffs and, you know, video game nerds and all that kind of got a chance to hang out and talk with each other. And you don't really have that anymore. It's all online. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's great to be able to get up. You know, you're up screwing off at 3.30 in the morning to be able to talk to some random person about, you know, I don't know, guinea pig movies or cannibal Holocaust or some weird off the wall movie. And it, it, it's cool, but it's not the same as talking to some, you know, person face to face that you just met at the video store. It's just some things like that. Life changes though. You know what I mean? Life's changed a lot since I was young. That's just an example of it. Say the truth. I miss blockbuster. I miss blockbuster. You and me. Yes, sir. I probably still owe those guys money, but I definitely miss them. I definitely miss them. The DVDs, the the VHSs. Man, I used to love going to Blockbuster. Matter of fact, I remember as a kid going into Blockbuster and renting uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge. That's a good game. That was a good game. Yeah. That game, that game to me, really, really set the trend for wrestling games. Uh, personally, you know, when it does come, come the yeah. gaming. Yeah, and you could tell really uh, that uh, a lot of the games that come after it really felt like they were built off of it. You know what I mean? Which is cool. They all really, they all really spawned back. What was that? WCW versus the World or whatever. That one was the first one I remember being like the real 3d looking, you know, the camera moved around and stuff and you could do like moon salts and things more realistic type game. Pulling oh, stop yeah. signs in the crowd and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. 
the one the one thing I definitely loved about it, everyone had the same theme song. <laughs> everyone had the same theme song. Like you couldn't really change it. I've been on lots of shows where they're like, oh yeah, we're not doing music tonight. And just watching the look of fear in the locker room's eyes. Just some of these kids are like, well, 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 what do we do? Well, you go out there and you work, kid. What do you need a music music for? You know, we're here to we're here to wrestle, not dance. I don't understand your issue. But the quickest thing to panic a locker room is, yeah, we got no music tonight. Definitely suck for most people. I mean, some some people the music is part of their gimmick. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like I worked this. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was basically like American Idol, but it was for wrestling. And Jim Cornette and Robert Fuller were judges and all this shit, right? For Jerry Jarrett, and that was the gimmick there. Nobody got music, and you know, halfway through the show, the crowd's realizing that they can gong these matches, and. <laughs> Uh, are becoming restlessly ruthless, just wanting to fucking, they wanted blood, you know what I mean? And that's stress. Yeah, it's stress knowing, you know, you're not going to have that music to calm them down in between or whatever, or get them turned up in between. It, you know, it, it's hard, but you just go out there and you do it. You know, they did it for years and years and years, right? The generation right before mine was the one that started all the music and stuff. So I used to hear stories all the time of old timers going, yeah, no, that's no big deal. Who cares? And you just learn. And that's usually where that would happen at is shows being run by those old timers. They just didn't give a shit. I would definitely thank the Freebirds for being one of the first groups to have their own theme music. Wrestling definitely uh, took off. And then you had the age of rock and wrestling and here we are today where, you know, you basically have a damn Super Bowl when it comes to wrestling, the who's who's, uh, the different music groups, the different music acts. Over some of these matches that I have so far for July 13th, right here at Mulberry's on Saturday, 835 Cleveland, Ohio, RSW presents seven. So we have Space Monkey versus... Jason Kincaid for the first time in North America. What do you expect from that match? Um, well, I mean, I've seen those two guys wrestle each other in Japan a few times now. I know Jason better than I know Space Monkey. Jason was my first trainee ever. Uh, he's incredible. So, and you know, Space Monkey is too. Don't let the silly, you know, monkey suit fool you. That cat can go. So you're going to see, you know, Probably I, it's hard to describe because trying to describe Jason Kincaid's styles nary impossible because you know he's the most unorthodox wrestler I've ever seen in my life and he just you know does things that defies the laws of physics. So a sight to behold, that's probably what you're gonna see. Okay, the next match I wanna get your opinion on. The RSW Heritage Champion, Chase Winters versus Mickey Fulp. I've wrestled both of these guys. Uh, both of them got lucky, you know, and, and grabbed wins over me, too. So I, I can't throw shade toward either one of them. That one there, uh, they've actually wrestled each other once before, I believe. And if I remember correct, it was a really good barn burner of a match, too. Those two are just neck and neck away from each other with skill and promise. Mickey's a former world cruiserweight champion. Uh, 
Chase has got the Heritage title right now. That'll be a fun one to watch. I'm excited for that one, actually. I'll sneak out and watch that. Beastman versus Barrington Hughes. This is this is going to be a lot of a lot of manpower inside that ring. That's just what I was getting ready to say. Is that's a lot of beef in that ring all at one time hitting each other. Uh, that's going to be just knockdown drag out. The Beastman always is. I mean, if you're not ready for him or haven't seen him yet, you're missing out really because he's a giant of a man that just beats you with hands the size of you know, grizzly bear falls, just pounds on you. And Hughes is no different. So, you know, that'll be, I don't know if the ring's going to stand up after that, honestly, just dealing with that kind of distress in it. Just, I wouldn't want to be in that match and I'm glad I'm not. Got a chance to see Beastman last weekend at ASWA and he's, that was my second chance seeing him and, I, I recommend everyone make sure that they're not getting a beer for that match. Uh, he, he's unpredictable at best, and he's something else. And I, you know, I've never seen a crowd of people walk out of a building that had seen the Beast Man that weren't talking about him after the show. So it, that that'll tell you something right there. You're paying to see something, and that's good. And that's that's a win in itself because. Like we were talking movies earlier, how many times you paid for a movie and saw something that you didn't want to see? You know what I mean? At least here, you know, you're getting, you're going to get your money's worth with the Beast Man. And of course, making this RSW debut, we have Justin Credible versus O'Shea Edwards. What do you think of that? That's awesome. Um, I'm excited. I, I get it. I'm an old time ECW fan. You know, that's what I watched in the 90s when I was younger in high school and stuff. And that's the kind of wrestling that I wanted to be, you know, be involved in. And you got a guys like Justin Credible, who, you know, is an ECW legend. I can't say, you know, he's just a guy that was in ECW. I mean, this guy, you know, pulled the cart for years up, up there. So, you know, he's got incredible skill. We know he's got talent. We know he's not afraid to get rough. We know he's not afraid to get dirty. That match, you know, I, I was excited when I heard the word that he was going to be there just so I could possibly have a moment of Justin incredible's time. And maybe, just maybe we can get him to see the light and want to come on to year zero because with a power like that, we would be unstoppable. So I'm 150% in just Incredibles corner in this. It's going to be a very interesting match to see. I cannot wait till this does happen coming up July 13th right here in Cleveland, Ohio at Mulberry's Bar, which is located at 2316 Mulberry Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. You can get your tickets at the break shop and you can get them at Mulberry's and also this Sunday, I'll be there at Mulberry's at 4 p.m. selling tickets. Meet me up there. Definitely go ahead and get your tickets early. You don't want to pay that $5 increase. But I will say this to all the college students out there. If you show your college ID the day of the show, we will give you the ticket at the discounted rate. So that's for all the college students. I'm calling everyone out. 
from Tri-C, Remington College, Cleveland State, and all surrounding colleges in this area, Case Western. If you show your college ID the day of the show at Mulberry's, you will get tickets at the regular sales price before that goes up five bucks. But be sure to meet me there, get your tickets. We'll love to see you all there. This is just some of the matches. I, I haven't even named all the matches for this card. I just gave you all a little tweet a little teaser for what's gonna be to come on this show July 13th. So it's gonna be a stack card. Get your tickets now, get them early. I have them on hand, Doug has them on hand, Dre has them on hand. See us inside our surroundings wherever you do see us. But with that being said, I definitely enjoyed myself this show. I'm Mr. Six Foot Nine. That's the homeboy Doug Douglas. And the person that you just heard on this interview is the leader of Year Zero. And he is the RSW heavyweight champion. And he plans on keeping it that way for a very long time. This is TJ Phillips. Get used to it.